You're listening to World Building for Masochists. And we're wondering, why do we do this to ourselves? Because once you've had enough bubbly, almost anything sounds like a great idea. I'm Cass Morris. I'm Marsha Ryan Moreska. I'm Rowena Miller. And this is episode 92, Ringing in the New Year. actually comes out on, on the winter solstice. It does come out on the winter solstice. Which is my holiday. Are you going to set any things on fire? I sure hope so. That's always Yeah. <laughs> that's always the goal on Yule is to set something on fire. It's been me twice. I <laughs> I occasionally okay, I do rituals that involve burning things and sometimes I catch my own fingernails on fire because I have very long fingernails and sometimes don't let go of what I'm holding fast. <laughs> it happens from time to time. As far as Parts of your body to catch fire, that's probably the best. I mean, it is. I have <laughs> so much hair. That it is very stinky. Fire. It is very stinky. It's true. And I am going to knock right now. Smells because <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Make sure I don't catch yes. my hair on fire this year. Yes. Let's but yeah, I mean, that is that is the nature of the solstice is like we are in the darkest point. So let's light ourselves on let's fire. Let's burn something. Exactly. <laughs> let's bring the light that we're not getting. Well, happy solstice listeners. Um, and yeah. we hope that you are setting the things on fire that you want to set on fire and not setting things on fire that you don't want to set on fire and generally bringing joyous and happy light. It's a good blessing. That's a good blessing <laughs> to you, to your winter. <laughs> Only yes. intentional arson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> for your winter holidays. Intentional arson, as per your traditions and practices. <laughs> so aside from holiday well wishes to all of our listeners, whatever y'all may be celebrating, do we have any announcements or things to... Gosh, I feel like we all do. We, have, we all have things coming up in At the new point, year. At some point, in the new year. Yeah. At some point. Or, I mean, we all kind of had stuff over the course of the we year. Did. And we, you know... We've we've had something of a year. Yeah. I mean, we you know, <laughs> it, you know, good year and bad. Happened. You know, <laughs> a year F- happened. Fill in your own adjectives. Cass and I both made our our enormous announcements of like, well, I guess we're not with Daw anymore. Yeah, that was after, a thing. <laughs> and that was a thing. But on the other hand, all three of us were in the same place not once but twice. And so that was that was amazing. And so Yes, I would say the 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 year in review highlights definitely included um Armadillo Con and WorldCon and getting to record a live episode at both and general shenanigans yeah. and salsa and fancy clothes and all kinds of fun stuff so yes we had to have so much fun both places different types of fun and filming those live episodes was really just so great i was so much fun to be in a room with our listeners and and get yes to let them ask the questions that they want to ask us and and even when we were fighting strange noises from the other rooms yes (laughs) weird ice machines or what i know Somebody we'll, disassembling we'll put, the po- we'll put the podcasting area right by the robot disassembly room. <laughs> that must have been what was going on in there. I don't even know. On the whole, it was a lovely year. I put out two books and a novella, and we put out 26 podcasts. Did. Ah, did. <laughs> got nominated for a Hugo again? We got nominated for a Hugo again, and we will be eligible again next year. And 
even though the Hugo ceremonies will be in China and our attendance would be surprising less likely <laughs> yes rather <laughs> i would be i would be rather surprised to find myself in china next august yes no however that doesn't mean that we can't choose to all be somewhere next august wearing fabulous clothing and drinking champagne that just saying true. that's true that's true there's there's an idea of like sort of organizing <laughs> yes. the like airsats hugo ceremony yes. <laughs> somewhere like just get everybody in the same room with one zoom call to <laughs> <laughs> we end up having I'm we end up it. having more people at the um at the unhugo <laughs> zoom call zooming in <laughs> hey everybody that'd be fun i don't know somebody somebody should who is not me ought to yes, organize yeah, let's say don't volunteer yourself marshall <laughs> I, sh- I should not i should not volunteer yeah. for that either and we because we all have things happening Next year, too. Yes, we do. Do we not? So, like, what is the quick 2023 preview for y'all? The Bloodstained Shade, book three of the Oven Cycle, comes out January 31st. That's so soon. It is so soon. Because it it was like on the other side of the new year, I kept kind of like forgetting how soon that actually is. That's amazing. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But I got it. I got it done. And I'm, I mean, I'm really proud of myself because this is the one that, that happened I had, it's the book I had to write during the pandemic, and it's the one that I was writing when the whole DAW thing fell apart. Um, so I had to find a different editor, and I had to motivate myself, and I had to do all the things that, that usually we have a team to do in, in the trad pub world. But I'm really proud of myself for getting it done. I actually just finalized like the, the document, and I sent it to myself in EPUB form to my own Kindle. And like, it's so pretty! It looks like Yay. a real book. And I'm very happy that Yay. I made a real book. <laughs> And it is it is a small thing, but like your relaunch covers just they're so pretty. Send me. They are so lovely and wonderful. So they're so pretty. I'm so I'm really happy about all that. So yes, it can be pre ordered almost everywhere. Everywhere except Amazon, because Amazon is a monopoly jerk and won't play nice with other sites. But it will be available on Amazon on the thirty first. You just can't pre order it there. But you can pre order it on Barnes and Noble or Kobo or Apple or other fine platforms. And are there going to be paperback versions of it? I don't know, Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yes, eventually. I don't know. Stop that. (laughs) Marshall's making fun of me, listeners, because he and I have been supposed to be having a conversation about how to make your own paperbacks for like three months. And things keep (laughs) happening. And I keep not having that conversation. It's only like 40% my fault that I keep not having that conversation. But we'll have more news on that later listeners we'll more news on that i just <laughs> marshall just keeps will, wanting to pin me to we'll the keep wall. you posted <laughs> friends by saying keep things on air on that one <laughs> and marshall i i'm i am sure that you have things in in the works i have many things in the works though i don't know what all i'm actually going to have come out in 2023 because as with all the things with daw having collapsed and you can look at my website and my blog for all the details on that um 2023 is going to be something of a rebuilding year for me i mean i certainly have a plan but i'm not gonna pin myself down with any release dates so this would be a good time for our listeners to follow you on your socials etc if they don't already so they can get that news when it hits right that's true and on almost any social media platform, I'm either Marshall Maresca or MR Maresca, including all the six bazillion ones that have sprouted up in the last. I like, 
48 hours, apparently. I like that we have to be vague because there's absolutely no guarantee that Twitter, which has heretofore been our main platform, will still be active three weeks from now when this episode actually airs. Yes. I've just been... Or that any of the social media platforms that we've created new accounts on will still still exist in three weeks. I know. I've retreated to Instagram where I can post pictures of my chickens and pretend that none of the rest of this exists. Very wise. (laughs) I'm like, I should just go back to just doing my blog on my website where I'm in control and... Yeah, there's there's some there's some benefit to that. I started a newsletter on Substack because I at least wanted to have something that was not Twitter or Instagram with my chickens, because obviously they're the stars there. And how do people find you on Substack, Rowena? I'm the only Rowena Miller there, so that's probably the best way to just that's that's just do a search. There, there is <laughs> in. Today's modern age, there is something delightful of being a uniquely named human. At least there. um, (laughs) I think I maybe run across a couple others, but that's, yeah. Um, But yeah, 2023, I have Fairy Bargains of Prospect Hill coming out April 11th. Final answer. I'm so excited. Um, So that is up for pre-order wherever pre-orders are available. And uh, yeah, do follow me on my socials if you haven't yet, because I do have some like pre-order swag stuff to give away and maybe an arc and other fun nonsense so come play um and i'll send you free stuff maybe i don't know we'll see (laughs) i'm still figuring this out i have no idea what i'm doing i'm so excited for this book i think it sounds just like so much fun crabby hands and of course we have the discord chat room for listeners of of the podcast which if you haven't joined yet you should because then that's probably the easiest way to interact with all of us and yeah in our most chaotic crazy ways and then you'll get all of our major announcements go there and and it's a a really lively community it is is a delightful community we are not the highlight of that we're not no (laughs) we're like occasional cameos everyone else is like the highlight over there it's fantastic well I feel like we have a lot to look forward to in the new year. So shall we Shall we chat New Year's? I think we should. I had a random question for you that is not a world-building question, but I'm always curious how people spend their New Year's because I feel like it's one of those holidays that we have like such disparate traditions. Like people are all over the place with how they spend New Year's. So like what is your favorite tradition or untradition? Hmm. I actually really like New Year's parties. I know that like it's they're delightful. Fashionable. It's become yes. fashionable to hate New Year's no. and be like, oh, it's such a stupid holiday. I really like New Year's parties because people tend to get dressed up and there's always champagne and it's fun and frothy. And I haven't gotten to go to one in several years because, well, pandemic and other things. But I miss them. I, I like to just, you know, I like festive things. Yes. New Year's parties are delightful because they're festive because they have focus. Like there yeah. is a very specific point where they're going to Apex. And, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> And everyone knows when that is. And at least back in my single days, that was a party where it was tradition to just kiss people at at midnight. So that's always good. I mean, I still kiss people, but it's a very specific person rather than... (laughs) It's a less random act of of affection. Exactly. One of my favorite untraditions in some ways, it's kind of an untradition when we don't have a New Year's party to go to, which as parents of small children has been frequently, <laughs> is, do you remember how the, the sci-fi channel used to do the Twilight Zone marathon? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I never quite so, understood why that was like no idea. a New Year's no idea. tradition, but yeah. 
that they always but we, did. But um, <laughs> we, we, we haven't had cable in probably like 15 years, but we, we, we got the Twilight Zone on DVD and, and make our own marathon if we don't have anything else to do and like get Chinese food or make Chinese food and, and watch our favorite Twilight Zone episodes because... Nice. Uh, okay, now because... I have to ask, what are your go-to episodes? Some that I like. I I I love the um. Oh, I forget which what the name of it is, but the one at the the restaurant where the bus has run off in a snowbank and one of them is an alien and they don't know who it is, um, because it's such a classic like closed door murder mystery. Except it's who's an alien. Yes, I I do know which one you're talking about, but I can't remember the title of it. <laughs> yeah, and monsters are due on Maple Street. Monsters. Um, oh I my have, god, that's a classic. I have taught that one uh, in classes. I, I I love I love that one. I Me, mean, it's those. Monsters Do and Maple Tree is definitely a big one. And then um, I think it's called The Invaders, where it's... The, the one, yeah. Yeah. With with the old lady. Yeah, where yeah. it's just like these little tiny astronauts attacking her for 20 minutes. and <laughs> Yeah, and then, then, then the reveal, which we will not say what it is, listeners. We won't say the reveal. So if you haven't seen it, you should go watch some Twilight Zone, because... And then also the one where, again, I won't give the reveal, but the one that is like baby, baby Robert Redford looking absurdly beautiful. Yes. Yes. It's just this nice, sweet young man knocking on this old lady's door. Yes. That is a wonderful one. (laughs) It's a wonderful one. I also like, since it is the holiday season, um, Night of the Meek. Which is the one where Santa? It turns out Santa Claus is real, but it's not quite as you expect. And there's this kind of um, down on his luck um, older guy who lives out being Santa, and it's it's just very sweet. It's one of the sweet Twilight Zone episodes where it's it's heartwarming. The the sweet heartwarming ones are few and far between, but they they they, they do work when done well. They're <laughs> good. They're good. Because because a lot of time it was the sort of dark ironic twist or. Yes. And then, but like sometimes it was the sweet one. And sort of like with Black Mirror, like most of those episodes just make you hate people. Yes. But then there's like two episodes that are like, oh, that was You'll have to tell me which ones those are because I stopped (laughs) watching Black Mirror because I hated people and everything else so much after like almost all of one season. So, but I, I love that like New Year's traditions are so varied and different and weird and one thing we were talking about before deciding to do this episode was that it feels like New Year's, like what do you, how do you celebrate New Year's? It's one of those litmus tests for world building. If you can write that, you probably know a lot about your world, right? Like how do people even conceptualize time is wrapped up in that. So I feel like it's just a really fun thing to poke at to see, okay, do I really know my world well enough to write New Year's? What is even a year to the culture yeah. of your world? What like how do they mark the beginning and end of the year? When when is does a year it even a over? thing? Is a year no. even a thing? And is it measuring a you know solar year? Is it measuring a you know a set of lunar cycles? Is it measuring something completely different that like just makes sense to them and their culture that isn't necessarily about time and astrological bodies at all so something that i was thinking about earlier today actually i was watching star trek and thinking about like two different species were talking about how old they were and how many years and i'm like but what if you two don't mean the same thing by year you could be having a completely different conversation 
mm-hmm. than the other person. Because what if year is a completely different length of time where you're from? Because like Star Trek talks about sort of standardizing its days and its hours, but they never really address the year thing, <laughs> which I think is fascinating. Yeah, because I mean, what is even important to people in terms of measuring a year? Like, like we, we, we all got on the whole like, let's use astronomy to standardize all of this and you didn't we didn't have to do that like that was that was a thing we did it was probably smart in the long run but a culture doesn't have to do that to still have some measurement of time and understanding of time i mean the star trek universe is fascinating along those lines because there is all these sort of like kind of half-assed world building things where like <laughs> star dates are supposed are supposedly some sort of like mean nothing they mean nothing but like it's in theory supposed to be this sort of like universal timekeeping methodology so it's not locked to any like one culture's calendar year or anything like that but like it is really just whatever random ass numbers people <laughs> the writers felt like putting in it's either that depends on the show it's either random ass numbers that someone felt like putting in or it's tied to the length of a tv season not an actual year right there <laughs> like is that. during during the tng and ds9 eras at least like the way it starts is like there's one digit that changes when the season changes and then the next three are any numbers you feel like but between zero 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 and nine 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 like up to right. that point it's like <laughs> I see what you did there, and I disagree with it. And in theory, they were in order, but... Not always. Not always. I also, I have strong feelings about, like, a world, if it does have what we think of as the four traditional seasons, wildly variable, though those can be in reality, we say, having had, you know, 80-degree days here at the end of November. And having gotten snow, but, like, last yeah. weekend. <laughs> but in theory, at least, if you have, if you have, you know, those four seasons... I very strongly believe that New Year's should be in fucking spring, not in the middle of winter. Right. It's like the least... Just how I feel. It is the least logical time to have the New Year start, right? Like, right in the dead of winter. Like, not even the, like, the beginning or, like, maybe it's lightening up a little bit. No. No. Well, it's like, like it, it, now it's like, it's, it's 10 days after the solstice, so it's not even on the solstice. No. It's just, it's, it's, is that one of those things where it was the solstice, but then they like did a correction and then? No, it it <laughs> sadly, initially, sadly, sadly no. no. Um, <laughs> and it depends on different calendars. For the Romans, the new year initially started in March, which is why the months in the in the last part of the year, September, October, November, December, are numbered seven, eight, nine, ten. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Though they are, <laughs> even though they are the. 9, 10, 11, 9, 12 11, months. 12. <laughs> because for some reason, Perfectly logical. they decided to add two more months. They stuck them on to the beginning <laughs> rather than the end. And I don't know why. I think I've looked for the answer to that question. And it was mostly like, because they fucking felt like it. <laughs> was, this, was this a clerical error? <laughs> I mean, possibly. I mean, it was partly because like one of them was named in mean, January is named after Jonas, who is the god of endings and beginnings. But like you could as easily stick him on the end then. Right. As on the beginning. Well, or just go ahead and name it for him. But does it have to actually be when we decide to start stuff over? Because this makes well, no sense. Well, it was like this is this is actually something that's in um, in the Bloodstained Shade. As a matter of fact, we have we see New Year's. We actually do see a New Year's happen ah. in the book. And there were there were tons of rituals about Jonas at the beginning of the year and he was supposed to be like the first god you greeted on the first day of the year because he would open the other god's ears to you so that you could get your blessings in for the year um so all kinds of rituals and things around it it was the day that new magistrates were sworn in and it was also the gift-giving holiday for for the romans as it was for 
Christians for a really long time, too, sort of until they, like, shifted over to Epiphany. Yeah, yeah. Epiphany was the, yeah, was the gifting. The like, gifting even time. I know, even I know in Tudor England, I think Tudor England sort of just stretched it. Like, they're like, we're going to start it on New Year's. Yeah. And we're going <laughs> to keep it going. You know what? As long as we have, you know, Christmas Day and we're going to go all the way to Epiphany. Hey, how about all the way to Candle Mass? How does that sound? Wee! <laughs> just keep, keep the party rolling. Ooh. But anyway, but yes. it's bullshit that the year starts in winter. I completely agree. I and it's yeah, like. But then some cultures would do it in spring or do it in summer or tie it to an equinox or a solstice. Yeah, I mean, I can, I could see the argument for the solstice. I really could for the winter solstice. If this is the 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 smallest amount of daylight, and we, we're starting to build from here, so we're going to start from like the most dark, and like I could see it. I wouldn't approve of it. But you could you could at least see the argument. I would appreciate it. (laughs) But for me, spring equinox is like, that makes sense. That just, the same way to me, and I'm with the Romans on this, the day should start at dawn, not in the middle of the night. I recognize that having actual clocks changes that calculation. But in a pre-clock society. closer to like 6 a.m. Well, that's the other thing is when does your new day and thus new year begin does it begin at dawn does it begin at sunset does it or for some random ass reason in the middle of the night (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's uh, that yeah because you could certainly have it's the first rays of dawn that's when we celebrate or because no one wants to get up for that shit we're gonna wait until the sun sets and when the sun sets that means that that the the year has clicked over and that's when we celebrate and then we at the high point of noon we like have we begin our downward descent into the new year and do you count it like when the sun is under the horizon or when you can see the first star there's all sorts of choices about how yeah like, that could be kind of adorable, actually. Like, New Year's is when you see the first star and everyone's outside, like, like looking, for, looking it. for it. And then someone says, like, oh, I found the first star. And they point it out. And then that's, that's New and Year's. And that's when, that's, when that's when you woo and drink. And yes. People. Yeah. If that's what yes. you do. Which, I mean. But what do you do if it's cloudy? You're just screwed. No New Year for you. No sorry. New Year for you. You just continue the <laughs> same year. Y'all oh. stay outside. <laughs> Until somebody sees the star. <laughs> it's like pouring oh rain. And like, I want to go in now. It's cold. <laughs> I don't like this. Just say you saw one. I can't just say I saw one. Just say you saw one. <coughs> just elbow whoever supposedly has the best vision. Just no one will know. And of course, all this all this presumes that years are even a thing. And that they yeah. even matter to your culture. Which, I mean, you could even have years and they just don't really matter. And what you really care about is like the beginning of spring. Or something else that is that that's like your your big annual things are turning over now kind of kind of holiday. Or you just pay attention to like a lunar cycle and how that lines up to seasons or growing cycle. Eh, it, it can be a thing. It cannot. But like, yeah, you can given that within within the entire world of Meridane, I have done about 20 different calendars for all the different cultures because i i am that dork hi i'm on this show called world building for masochists hey and so in doing so it was fun coming up with these different sorts of systems that cultures might have and why they might have that system so Mm -hmm. like in druthal where meridane is they like new year's is also the spring equinox because that's seems like a perfectly sensible day that makes to, sense. Have, to have it's the beginning of the, of the year and so 
that but like other cultures there's two cultures that like don't even like care about like the solar year at all and have their own system altogether and one of them is like so far north that like it's night half the time and daylight half mm-hmm. the time so like why even bother using that to track things so instead just each day is like a holy day based on their clan so it's 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 a complicated system of 20 of essentially months 23 months of 23 days for reasons that i won't get into so it's, so it's complicated then it's complicated. it involves a spreadsheet i'm shocked yeah I'm it involves surprised. a spreadsheet bewildered and filled with holy it. days for all the different for all the different cult, you know subcultures within there, and but then it makes it that for them a year is much longer than an actual year. So mm-hmm. then within that culture, like their coming of age ritual is done when somebody is ten, which is really about thirteen or fourteen within how anybody else would measure it. But for them, that's ten, and that makes sense. <laughs> well, I think I think it gets to a really good question to ask ourselves, which is, you know, why do people keep time? Why yeah. is that a thing that we develop as societies? Why do we start caring what months and years are? And it has a lot to do with, you know, growing seasons in a lot of places. If you are an agricultural society, it's good to know like, oh, hey, that star moved there, which means planting needs to begin soon. So I better start getting ready for that or, you know. And then also like societies, once they start to get to be a certain size, if you need to organize across distance if you need to know that like okay everyone has to come here for this ceremony on a certain day well that means we all have to know when the day is and and start figuring that kind of thing out and like to care about how many years something has been i feel like demands particular needs of a society like you can have your whole cycle of planting and harvesting and never give a crap how many years it's been since something happened or how old someone is or any of that like there's there's a there's some reason that you've chosen to care about measuring years instead of just measuring seasons, measuring days, measuring some kind of month or short cycle. I like I I feel like we joke about it a lot, but like when you get to a point of having enough bureaucracy that you have things like taxes, you start caring about years <laughs> more yeah. because you want to do that every year. Whereas people well, who don't have that level of bureaucracy might be like, oh, who cares? Like, well, it's spring again. How many springs has it been since Bob had his kid? I don't know. Kid looks like he's uh, seven or eight. I don't know. Who cares? But, like, you hit a point where it actually becomes somewhat relevant to things that your society needs. And you start measuring how many years it's been. And I wonder how much of that started with ego, with, like... With the kings imposing it, like, yeah, I want you to know that I've been on this throne for 18 years, yeah. like, you know, yeah, or how much of it was the historians keeping the records of things kings did? God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about Rome again because it's fascinating. Rome didn't really keep track of years with numbers for a very, very long time, they they sort of did. I mean, they knew how many years it had been a barbe condita since the founding of the city, but if you wanted to refer to an event, you didn't say it happened in 395, you said it happened in the year of the consulship of. Mamercus Aemilius and Julius Claudius, which is a very stressful way to try to keep time. I think because you have to like, <laughs> but, but also it, it like, implies that people for know. us, yeah. <laughs> for us it's yeah. stressful. Yeah, but but for people who think that way, it's kind of like. It's, but they change it's... every year, so like it implies so many fascinating <laughs> things about the society and the fact that people like, at least in the city, 
were aware and could remember, I guess, right. you know, this, like, is, this is the important thing that I filed away in my memory. Who has been consul when and how long ago was that? And oh, yeah, I was 10 that year. So it must have been this long. Like, it's just it's so fascinating to think about. And fortunately for us, they kept good records. So for the most part, we can now piece it back together. You can do the math. There are some there are some holes. But it is interesting that it's like, well, that was the thing that people measured by. Maybe even not yeah. like, well, that was that was when I was 16. It's like, well, I, I don't really remember how old I was, but these guys were in charge. And I mean, it's, there it's was not a flood. Even, and there was a flood. Yeah. And it's not that dissimilar from those things of like, well, what were the important events that happened? Like that was the year that the bridge flooded out. Or that was the year that the guy down the street had a two-headed calf. Like that was the highlight of the year. That's what we're all referring to now. It wasn't the year 97. It was the year that... Joe had a two-headed calf. I remember our former co-host, Alex, talking about how in their world, one of their calendars was a thing where when somebody new became the king, the calendar would retroactively, like if they were like 27 years old, the calendar would retroactively become, now it's year 27 of this king's reign and go backwards and work backwards from there. It's like the fact that last year was year 55 of the previous king's reign, and then he died. Doesn't matter. Now, it's year 27 of this king's reign. <laughs> yeah. It's like, heroism designed to just be hard to do. and But you can believe that would happen when ego is a big factor in determining how we're talking about time yeah. and years. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it did happen from time to time in, in various societies where... You know, it wasn't like a cultural expectation thing that this would always happen, but you definitely see records of like, we're not quite sure who was actually in charge during this year because two people gave two completely different regnal dates. But we think maybe <laughs> I think it happened a lot in Egypt, I think, especially when there were women in charge. Certain record keepers would be really anxious to make it seem like as short a time as possible <laughs> that, that she was actually on the throne. But her records would say like, no, no, I was I was on that throne from this day <laughs> way before you, you claim it. So it's. That is the thing that happens. There's a really fascinating example of like timekeeping by when this thing happened in um, Piranesi, Susanna Clark's mm-hmm. book that came out a couple of years ago. And the character, I, I think it's hard to talk about without giving too much away, but he's essentially inventing the world around him. He's sort of world building his own world based on external stimuli and almost no input from other living beings. But he still has a sense of what a year is, but he doesn't know the numbers of any years anymore. And he's got some journals that sort of kind of help him keep track, but he does things like that. He does things like, it was the year that a bird flew into this particular room. It was the year that this level flooded. And it's it's bewildering as a reader, and it's so fascinating to sort of try to track that kind of thinking. In one of the other cultures in the world of Meridane, they are very precise about what, like, day of the year it is in terms of like that way they keep track of planting and all that but actual years they don't really track too much so when they're talking about their history they'll be like you know it was back when your grandmother was young like that's like they don't they don't enumerate that it was about two generations ago it was about three generations ago and and beyond that they don't but but they're very precise about the year itself which is another does tie to like another reason why they might keep track of the calendar is just if your culture just has a bunch of math nerds who just like want to keep track of all these things. Like I, I remain fascinated by like how, if you go to like Mayan ruins and like, they have like a whole thing of like where they put the rock on which day of the year and like the angles of the pyramids are perfect for, you know, at this point, like then the sun, when it's the solstice, then the shadow will be here and all that. And it's like, 
you had to have some serious math nerds designing things to just be like, no, we're going to we're going to do this and it's going to be perfect. And I've said it, I've designed this whole thing perfectly. So this is how it's going to work. You, you've got to have dedication to your math nerds. Well, and it's it's like we always describe these things as being like, oh, this culture was, was so advanced that they had figured this out. It's like this culture was also extremely tolerant of some huge dorks. Like that is a that in and of itself is a sign of advancement of society that you can afford to be tolerant so. of like you can afford serious nerds. yeah exactly like some serious like niche interests that no we got to build this pyramid here and have it be exactly this high I've worked it all out it's gonna be so cool once we don't, don't ask him to see the charts don't ask then, him for his charts. And then, and then, if we wait until the right day, the star will be right over the point of this very tall pyramid. Yeah. Like, oh, fine. I have calculated it. It's going to be so cool when it works. So, presuming that, that, that your culture has years and that they care enough to celebrate the turning over of a year, however they understand that to be and whenever it happens... Like, how do you actually go about celebrating it? Like, Cass and I are sitting here drinking some bubbly just because we're talking New Year's, so so we can. So why not? So why not? But I feel like, I mean, it can range from, like, fun. We're, we're pretty fun and frivolous with our New Year's to, like, pretty damn serious if you're attaching, like, any kind of significance or weight to the year changing over. And, like, you need to do the right thing or else the gods will curse you. And no one wants that. Don't Don't screw up. First thing in the new year, no, don't do it. Like it, you've got a whole host of choices there too. You have to have like the blood sacrifice out in the fields to ensure the good harvest next year. Because how else are you going to ensure the good harvest if you don't take some poor fool out there and slit his throat? Like that. That's just I mean, what we've to. done. It's the just... the wheat won't know what to do if you don't. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> this is just what we do, and you know, we we pick it with a fair lottery, and that's the guy who has to go out there and. For at least Western culture at, at this point, our New Year's is a pretty secular celebration, at least has been in like recent memory. But it could very easily be a religious holiday, too, which is very solemn. And like you go to some sort of ceremony or ritual and there are candles and incense and you must be silent. I mean, this this could be the way that you take that. I don't want to, but <laughs> you have to go sit in the dark and make your, you know, your prayers for the for the year. And then when you think you've, you know, done enough prayers or you've, you know, or you've suffered enough, you then you can light it. A- you haven't done enough <laughs> prayers. So you need to do more. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you think you've done. Your penance for the last year has not been satisfactory. You must do more penance for all of your yeah. bad deeds in the last year or they will follow you into the new year. Mm. And I, I forget in the Jewish calendar, Rosh Hashanah and and Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur are yeah. linked, mm-hmm. but they're not they're not the same thing. But what one of them is the New Year, and then the other one is yes. Day of Atonement. Yes. And, but like I could see, say, tying those two things together, and ooh, you tie them together, and you make it be at the winter solstice, and you have to spend that whole long night, that longest night, doing your penance, doing your atonement. You know, you have to like stay oh, awake oh, that's bleak. and sit sit in the dark. Oh. And yeah, I mean, it's bleak. In the... <laughs> that's all right. I'll keep my sins. It's fine. <laughs> I can I can envision a more joyous version of that. Um, I can envision a New Year's ritual that would be like a ritual cleansing, Ooh. where you are washing off 
what you don't want to carry with you into the new year. Like all the bad, all the bad things, all the baggage, just cleanse it off and enter the new year fresh and squeaky clean. And I think that that, sounds happier. I think I like that even better if they're like (laughs) hot springs. And so like the community gathers to the hot springs and there's laughter and shenanigans as well as ritual bathing. (laughs) You could add to it. Like if you're going to go wash off your sins, you might as well. Might as well commit some on the way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You might as well bulk up. (laughs) First the ritual orgy. Then the ritual cleansing. Yes, because we're going to be cleansed of our scenes anyway, so might as well. That's a good one. I like that. That's that's because it's joyous and 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 naked and naked and and you you know you get to go in the hot spring and that's always good. And see, that's the kind of thing that you can also see eventually stratifying in a society like who has the public cleansing and who has, you know, like private chambers and and is very alone. Like you can see that how that could divide out over different sectors of a society over time. Yeah. Like who gets invited, who gets invited to the fancy hot spring and who gets just like, well, we set up some bathtubs here in in city square (laughs) and that's, you get a bucket. (laughs) Or is it like, or is the public thing just this mass event? Hmm. Everyone just runs to the sea. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody in at once. Because it, it, could, it could, it could be a very stratifying thing, or it could be a very equalizing thing, where yeah. it's like, well, yeah. it has, it has to be at this particular bay in the sea, and everyone has to go there. And so, like, even the dukes and duchesses got yep, stripped down of their skivvies, stripped down and, to, and, yeah. down to their, and dive on in. I like that. That's fun. One thing I was thinking about too is like what we do on New Year's. Like, it kind of emphasizes like what we value as a culture, like what, what you care about turning over the new leaf for, like says something about the culture. And like, I was thinking about how for a lot of people in the Western world, new year's resolutions are a thing, which suggests like we really value self-improvement and like independent action. But in other cultures, like luck is a big thing. Like you have to, you know, and not even perform this act of cultures too. (laughs) Like you have to like, what's like, eat, um, like eating one grape. Black eyed peas. Black eyed peas. Twelve grapes. The southern one. Yep. Twelve, 12 grapes at midnight. It's twelve grapes. At least in Mexico, it's twelve grapes. In Mexico, it's twelve grapes. I think it's the same in Spain. I had a friend from Spain who was like, "Yep, yeah, it's twelve grapes." Wearing red underpants, I believe, in some cultures, is a hmm. you have to wear red underpants for New Year's. So you have to have. So it's like, are you emphasizing like personal? That like, presumes you have red underpants. Well, you have to. You have to get red underpants. You have your New Year's underpants, partially. <laughs> Again, showing what you prioritize. That that yeah. have it, That you need to have a certain outfit for the New Year's specifically because that's what you wear. Well, and we've even like we've even developed certain costume elements around New Year's in in American society. You know, the funny hats and and the the. Ever since the 2000s, the glasses with the, the glasses, the O's, which have gotten harder and harder to make, as which out make less and less sense every, every year. year. But yet, they made perfect sense in the 2000s, and then since then, it's like needed, mm. needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, this is getting you tried. Hard. You should stop. But yeah, and the funny hats have been around for a while. I don't know how far back that goes, but like 20s, 30s, or before for sure. Uh, okay, yeah, listen, I mean, listeners, here's a challenge. Look that up. When did yeah. the funny hats for New Year start? <laughs> Let us know. I mean, I feel like it might even be tied to older traditions of, like, the Feast of Fools. Yeah, and, and like, even mummy the Saturnalia. And, and, yeah. And, 
and the, the certain freedmen's hats that were worn on those days. Um, I love when, when weird things have deep, deep, deep roots like this. It's like, yeah. And no one knows why they're doing it anymore. But Is that mm-hmm. one of the apocryphal things that, like, the the Celtic New Year was was essentially in spring, in April, and, like, the Christians came to the pagans and be like... Why are you Why are you saying it's New Year's when it's April and that's where April Fools came from? Because like we're gonna. No, no, it's it's um, it was it was Christians doing it to other Christians. It was when they changed the calendar from starting at shoot. What's March twenty fifth? What's that that feast day? That's not Michaelmas. Michaelmas is September. It's mm-hmm. something March twenty fifth. Um was for a while the start of the year calendar and so at some point it was like 17 something that it changed over and it was like but it was only like the government calendar i don't know there's a bunch of weird things it was that the switch to the gregorian calendar when they were like oh we're we're <sighs> off and we need to add in the leap year i just know and that so no, there's like <laughs> there's a period of time and i can't remember exactly when it is where like you have to do insane calculations because it was a few years where like They'd made one switch, but they hadn't made the other switch yet. And so, like, you'll sometimes see in documents something listed as, like, this happened on February 11th, 1693-4. Because, depend like, to us, it would be 94, but to them it was still 93 because their calendar didn't change over until slightly later. I'm 80% sure I didn't make all that up. I feel <laughs> like I had a lecture on it sometime in grad school. <laughs> But the For details are fuzzy. I had to remember it was it's not assumption, it's enunciation. March twenty fifth is enunciation, which is ah. all I can is, remember is that it's um it's it's in Lord of the Rings. It's really <laughs> that's when that's when they defeat <laughs> Sauron. Makes sense, actually. It's on March that you went for that. All of the calendar stuff in Lord of the Rings, like that's the thing where I'm just like, come on, come on. You yeah. you made you made six billion different versions of Elfish. <laughs> And yet, but you it's just still were- March. <laughs> but still, September twenty second. <laughs> I think maybe I think Tolkien just wanted to like celebrate his own stuff, like in his own calendar. He wanted to be like, I want to have Bilbo's birthday party. Now I need to know when to have it, so we just did that. And Narnia apparently was just stuck on December twenty second forever for a while. Always winter, never, never Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> because they had Christmas and. Narnia, but somehow it still works. Like somehow we kind of like the sleight of hand there just kind of works somehow. Just don't worry sure. about it. Sure. Just <laughs> sure. They've got Santa and Fawns and Of course. Of course they do. Which is it's fine. Uh, yeah. It's fine. Dryads. It's there. They're all there together. It's yeah. Fine. I believe it completely. I have full buy-in. With Narnia, there is just the blatant this is this is a Christian fantasy element to it. So it's like <laughs> yeah. sure. Sure. My favorite is that he apparently like did not even set out to write that story he had a picture in his head of a fawn carrying christmas presents in a wintry wood and was like i'm gonna write a story about that (laughs) so the fawn carrying christmas presents was like somehow got you to lie in jesus okay sure sure you know i i don't feel like any of us can really knock the creative process world built by aesthetic i'm for it go for it but i love that because i feel like it gives some credence to those of us who are a bit more chaotic in our <laughs> choices than others. <laughs> yeah, I've been struggling with, with my second world one that I'm building, the calendar. I, I keep changing my mind about what it needs to look like. I know it's going to be 360 days because that's easy math. <laughs> <laughs> but like how many 
months do I cut that into? What makes the decision? You know, is it seasonal? Why? Are they se- like what? And I just I keep changing my mind and I can't settle on on what I like. Do you have a moon? Does the moon make to months? And you know. Yeah, that sounds like more math, Marshall. I mean, the original Meridian calendar that I made way back in 1977 um, <laughs> was 360 Before days. Before those year 2000 glasses. We're just going to emphasize Exactly. <laughs> was a 360-day calendar with and two moons that were 18 days and 30 days. It was like the math was simple. And I'm like, and then at one point I'm like, simple math just looks lame so therefore (laughs) therefore i'm gonna make it harder just to make it double down yeah but for the purpose of your story Cass, do you need a more complex calendar than 12 30 month days in a 360 day year that's what i can't decide because i feel like my inclination is to tie it to religion is to have like each god has like a month and then at the end of each month there's a festival for that god and one of those festivals is plot important is plot driving but yeah for some reason i just i don't know i can't land on i can't land on that bit of it i am working on one as well that is also like based on people doing theater but in a completely different way from gases people doing theater but one of the things in terms of the calendar that's like sort of poking at me is more thinking about weeks than months but like along mm, the lines mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What days are we doing shows? I'm having that problem, too. <laughs> How long is my week? And what days are days off? And are there days off? Is there more than one day? How does do, this work? Do you have a system of that where it's like these are the days where you where you, where you you would have a show because it's the yeah. weekend? Or does the weekend not exist? Or what days are people working? Because the whole working class thing is a big thing within this story, too. There's, there's a lot of things that I want to... F- let alone I've created way too many complicated elements of world building in this world that all work together but i really have to like yeah i know you're shocked you're so shocked (laughs) they all work together but like there's the the on-ramping aspect of it is is making me tear what hair i have left out i mean the actual answer for me is probably no because this plot takes place over the course of a couple of weeks so it's actually probably more important that i figure my weeks out then figure my months and years out. But I feel like yeah. in order to figure one out, I have to figure the others out. So I may as well just do a whole calendar. And then I, and I then, get tired and, and frustrated and give up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how did we as humans, like, seriously, how did we human people, I guess it's because it's the intersection of, like, the lunar and the solar. Because I'm like, how did we end up with seven-day weeks when, like, nothing else in our calendrical system is easily divisible by seven? But the lunar system kind of is. But now we've, like, blobbed our lunar-derived yes. weeks I think into our ex- solar-derived months. I think that is exactly what we did. Yeah. <laughs> and we can question if that was a good idea or not. Well, and this is the thing <laughs> that we, like, I feel like very often in our world building, we feel like we have to have good reasons for things. <laughs> no. <laughs> when in fact, real societies very often have chaos reasons for things. I was going to say, if you in your secondary world building that you're Seventh month was named after the number nine. People would scream at you for being a lunatic. And Ezra would be like, this does not make sense. This is, people are going to be too but confused yet, this. But yet, here yes, we are. Yet September, yes. And yet and September. And yet September. And I believe that we have mentioned multiple reasons. Ego, weird conglomerations of different cultures and religions, 
clerical errors can all add up to having things that make absolutely no effing sense. Though you can also have fun with it. Like I, in the ephemera, in whatever, whichever one of my books I like have explaining the calendar in the ephemera, the months are all, because it's a, you know, the month, the moon circles every 32 days. And so the months were originally all 32 day months, but that didn't line up with the solar calendar. So they're like, we have to fix it. And so they shaved a few days off of various months, but one month is much shorter than everything else. You made a February. I made a February, but like, I made it be that that's the February because it only has 26 days. And that's because like whoever was king had a cousin whose birthday was on the 27th and he just wanted to say, (laughs) fuck you, you don't get a birthday. No more birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's beautifully petty. But seriously, Mm. pettiness has probably actually been the root cause of much of Of so many things. Yeah. (laughs) Why is February shorter than everything else? It's, I... I imagine there might be some probably pettiness, deep, deeply petty reason. And, you know, <laughs> I, Oh, I might be about to tell another lie. Um, <laughs> am I right about this? I kind of want to look it up. I feel like Augustus stole days from February to make July and August longer. I feel like I've heard this as well. I'm not sure it's but true. We should fact check ourselves. We should. <laughs> I've always believed it's because February is the crappiest month. And so mm-hmm. we want it to be as short as possible. Okay. Okay. No, here's the actual reason. And it, it does have to do with the original Roman calendar being fucked up, too. Because their calendar was, was originally 355 days. Romans believed even numbers to be unlucky. So each month had to have an odd number of days, alternating between 29 and 31. But to get their year of 355, they had to have one short month. And for some reason, it was February. For some reason, it was petty. <laughs> yeah. We know. It was petty. <laughs> it probably it was. was. Petty. I'm trying. Okay, it was Numa Pompilius who did it. And... Why did he make it February? No one knows exactly why. Great. Petty. (laughs) It was petty. There's a theory that it may have been because that was the month the Romans honored the dead and went through various purification rituals, but I call bullshit on that because the Romans honored the dead a lot. (laughs) They had lots of dead honoring holidays all through the year, so. I'm for petty. I don't think that's it. (laughs) It was petty. It's definitely petty. Pettiness lost to time, alas. Yes. But not entirely because it's now part of how we mark time pettiness that will follow us as long as months exist wait does seven go into 355 evenly no so again that that whole like why weeks why weeks that have nothing to do with months or years uh well the rome the romans didn't really have weeks in the same way that we do they had market intervals which were usually eight days except when they weren't (laughs) (laughs) because sometimes holidays or or unlucky days got in the way and you couldn't have a market day on an unlucky day so sometimes you have to bump it so <laughs> they uh they didn't really have weeks like we do i mean but there is a certain simplicity if especially you don't need it for other things to just have your culture have weeks and months and years that are pretty much like ours and just like not go into details about what the day of the week is or what month it is or what have you like just just skim over that because... i mean i do feel like most readers don't ask that question right <laughs> the and nerd like, readers will ask the question eventually but but if you just say like this week this weekend most you know that at least eases your on-ramp some and maybe that's that's the part where that's the part you let give because it doesn't necessarily help your story Yes, and sometimes some slate 
vagaries, I think, can help you. That if you if you don't want to teach your reader about what the new month names are going to be or how long they are, it can just be winter. It's okay. Yeah. I feel like I've also seen a lot of systems that have like the the month the, the names of the months or the mains of the of the days of the week. They're not the same as ours, but yeah. it's like two letters change, and the first oh, letter is yeah. always the same. So it's like okay, I can track which which day this is supposed to be. Yeah. Or Fonda was really clever in in Green Bone Saga of just having it be first day, second day, third day, fourth day. Yeah. <laughs> and you can probably do things too where it's like you have market day and a couple other vital days in the 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 community life that you you mark out, but does your reader even really need to know necessarily unless it's like a procedural mystery where you have to know when things happened, like how many days are between market days? Maybe not. Maybe they don't have to know that. Maybe you want to know that, but but do you have to convey it to the reader? Two different questions. Yeah. So question question for y'all. We didn't we didn't think of this beforehand, but for the world that we are building together, ooh, two questions that are the one follows the other is it's a pretty interrelated world in terms of there's a lot of communication trade. We've got the MNG, but does the whole world have the same calendar or are we on different calendars in different parts of the world? Ergo, therefore, do we have the same new years or do we have different new years in different parts of the world? Okay. So my gut is saying that because like the traveler culture has sort of seeped in everywhere that there is that MNG connection, that their calendar has also seeped in everywhere else. I mean, it, it has that sort of like insidious, just like Western culture, Christian calendar has seeped in just about everywhere in the world. I think it has that same sort of thing where it is like other cultures might still have their calendars. And that by our calendar, it's year 5,222. But everyone knows the traveler calendar. And that tends to yeah, be I- that. I kind of like the idea in terms of a, let's overcomplicate things for ourselves that like there is a traveler calendar, there's a shared calendar, but that individual places still have their own calendar and to varying degrees, individual places still stick to their own calendar or use the traveler calendar for different stuff or have adopted like totally for all bureaucracy, we use the travel calendar, but for all of our religious holidays, we're still using ours. Or various degrees and, and differences. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially because the world is interconnected, but not quite as much as our modern world. And so each locality would still be tied a lot to its own agrarian cycles and things like that, which are going to vary depending on what kind of terrain you're working with. You know, the way that Egypt, ancient Egypt had three seasons marking the flooding of the Nile, as opposed to like what we think of as seasons in, in American yeah. culture. So they'd still have those. You know, it was good enough for Tolkien. He had the Shire Reckoning versus the, you know, Gondorian calendar. So why Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. Plus, I think, like, also that Traveler calendar can, like, be the thing where they found the culture of math nerds and who, like, <laughs> plotted everything perfectly. And they're like, oh, so that's how many actual days are in the year. And they, they stole the best from everybody and thus made a good calendar. <laughs> By 
stealing the best from everyone. But <laughs> we took co- the best math from everywhere. We took the best yeah. math from everywhere and forgot which things were the petty things. And <laughs> it's like, so are we saying that the, the traveler calendar is inherently unpetty because it is mathematically based instead of pettiness based? Right. Or at least the elements that were petty, they don't know. They forgot why those are petty. When is New Year's? in the traveler calendar knowing that we have just thrown a monkey wrench into this by saying that we cannot seasonally base it because they're pulling it from all over the world Ooh, that's true gosh okay though i think they would dig on equinoxes that's what i'm because, thinking mm-hmm. because like yeah. balance and some shit yeah because an equinox <laughs> is an equinox yeah exactly that seems like it would be a good value for them yeah balance harmony stuff oh, would the traveler calendar even be a full year or would it be half a year Ooh. Hmm. equinox to solstice solstice to i don't know well equinox or equinox. just equinox equinox yeah like that would be like like that would be that would be terribly complicated they but... try and like schedule their lives but maybe they are like like no we spend we spend this you know equinox equinox here and then go to the you know to the southern hemisphere and go equinox <laughs> equinox always summer <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah if you're if you're basing it on equinoxes and the concept of seasonality and like even solstice isn't going to line up because i mean it lines up but it doesn't mean the same thing right yeah everywhere so would they have essentially like a half year and maybe they like concede to creating a full year out of it because that's what makes sense for the rest of the world to understand a calendar by as a full cycle of the seasons. Ooh, like they'll call it like like the northern year and the southern year or something like that. Presu- oh, of course, that presumes that they There's, think about they, it in terms of in where they are. Or like, are they in the northern yeah. hemisphere or southern? Like, yeah. Because they might have stolen the, the good math from people, but that doesn't mean that they understood it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like, might not know where they are on an actual map. No, because their sense, of, yeah, because they wouldn't necessarily have a good sense of what the actual globe looks like. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, and it might depend on. I think that they might now because of just the level of tech and and right. but, communication. But when they were developing but the culturally, calendar, culturally, culturally, I don't think that that's necessarily there. I like the equinox though, because that is a thing you can anchor to. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter where, where you, you are, are on a planet, yeah. though, ooh, they might they might go equinox equinox, and then equinox like they know that the year has two halves, and whether you're in the light half or the dark half, that depends on where you are, but they might just call it like the light half of the year, the dark half of the year, but that can change depending on where you are. Where you are, yeah, and then. And then I think when people adopt the traveler calendar, because it's quite good, they adopt it as two halves that create a whole yeah. for where they are. Yes. I see no problems that could potentially be <laughs> from this system. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about my Fjallaniris who, you know, live up towards the Arctic Circle. and. <laughs> but they love a good calendar. They, they... I bet, I'm sure they I do. Bet they yeah. do. I bet I they be, do. I bet that they create absolutely beautiful calendars. Yeah. Like, I bet that part of New Year's and Fallen Year is a new calendar. I mean, I and was thinking so earlier, I was thinking earlier how satisfying it is to me at the turn of each year 
to start my new bullet journal <laughs> with all its nice little pages. <laughs> I could totally see the Fjallnuri. That's their new year ritual is you write that you write out your your year. They probably have little little gatherings for it. Little yeah. parties where everyone brings their fancy pens and their fun paper. I like it. We know they have good pens and paper. We've you established know they that. Do. We have established that. But like the idea that, that they collectively bullet journal, I think. <laughs> I like it. I, I love my nerds. Accurate. I Accurate. Nerds. Accurate. Oh, they're so cute. Uh, and we know that everyone's probably, does everyone lick a snail on New Year's? <laughs> Or is it like the one day that you abstain from the snail? I, I could see. How does this, how does this go? <laughs> I could see like that Griasta treats New Year's as the one time to like sort of be somber and reflect. And Just kind of step back. <laughs> Take a moment. Take a moment. It's a time of gratitude. And that gratitude can be quiet. Because, you know. Yes. I think that the um, the Elnaut Leary throw a big ass party because they're kind of snobby. And so like a big fancy like New Year's party sounds fantastic. But I think it's at the one time of year that they really lean into everything being about luck. Like they like to pretend that they aren't an archipelago with a whole lot of reliance on like good weather and not getting hit by some kind of typhoon and like having good winds and all that kind of stuff. But they actually are. And so on New Year's, they like lean in hard to like all like you have to do all the stuff for luck. So like there's like all kinds of stupid crap at parties that people do that's for luck. Oh gosh, that would be so funny too because like it's the sorts of things that you could see getting out of control at, at a huge party. Exactly. It's like, this is the hour where we chase the pig through the hall. And this is the hour when we, everyone changes sleeves with each other. And you have to. Do it now. Yeah. If you don't change the sleeves, then you won't have a satisfactory exchange of goods in the coming year. I don't know. Something. Something. Um, something completely random that makes no sense. I could see them doing some sort of like totally luck-based thing. I, I just had this wild idea of like a New Year's ritual that basically involves that everyone's like rank and station in society can completely change on New Year's. Like when we were talking about like everyone strips down and runs into the ocean. And then if you find the general's jacket, you're the general now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, that's and so funny. I think that I think that the Alnut Leary would not accept this as a permanent change, but for that day, for that day, yes. Like, everything but I could see everything, like some sort of like social equivalent of a key party, where like everything goes in the, <laughs> into the, the bowl, and whatever you pull out, that's what you are now. <laughs> No, I like that too because it's a very socially like stratified society. So I kind of yeah. like the idea of throwing in there like, yes, are you are you going to be to be and and all of it's like it's it's very safe and that like no actual decisions get made right. and it's all equally fun. Like you're not going to get you know stuck mopping floors or scrubbing toilets. Like everyone's going to a party, but what kind of party are you going to? Yeah, are you slumming <laughs> or are you going to the mm. To, to the Fritzy house with the good champagne. But Parliament's not open that day. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one's. Except for that one year. <laughs> we learned not to do that again. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I want to go these to are New Year's in all of our, in all of our places. Because I, I like, I like a good calendar. And I like a Love good a reflection. Good calendar. And, and I also enjoy 
throwing caution to the wind. The all not leery sounds really fun. <laughs> weird ritual. I like, I, mean, I, like I like it though. Weird. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I even like it could be clothing based. Like there's a bunch of clothes in a bag and you pull something out and that's who you are for today. Right. I love it. I like it. All right. Well, I feel like we have nothing else to say except for Happy New Year. <laughs> yes. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, listeners. Thanks for being with us this year. Hi, you. Thanks for listening to this episode of World Building for Masochists and letting us help you overcomplicate your writing life. Our next episode goes up on January 4th, where we'll start our new year with a batch of listener queries and questions as we help folks unsnarl those world building tangles they've made for themselves. If you want to know more about your hosts and the fantastical books we write, including pre-ordering Cass's latest, The Bloodstained Shade. Links to all that information is on our website at worldbuildingformasochists.podbeam.com. We really hope you liked this episode. If you did, please do take a minute to tell a friend, shout about us on the internet, or leave a review on iTunes. If you've got questions or just want to tell us how cute we are, there's a number of ways to contact us. We're on Twitter as at worldbuildcast, and our email is worldbuildcast at gmail.com we also have a discord chat room linked in the about the show page of our website if you want to come chat with us and other fans of the podcast we'd love for you to share the worlds you're making and help us all build until it hurts